0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of MBP, where we talk about all things Music Box, that is, the Music Box Theater here in Chicago. On today's show, we're going to talk with Stephanie Berlin and Kyle Schuber about our new film, Madeline's Madeline, a slew of our other films, and a preview of a very silly fun event called Hocus Pocus uh, Hexalong, and then we're going to talk about some random Music Box stories that might be fun, funny, or just downright embarrassing, and we're okay with that. So uh, let's find out who we all have on the uh, on the podcast for this week. I'll start with myself, your host uh, Ryan.
1: I am also the GM of the Music Box.
2: Hey guys, I'm Steph Berlin. I'm the PR manager,
1: and I'm Kyle Chuber, I am the operations manager. Thanks, Kyle and Stephanie. Happy to have you on.
2: Thanks, Ryan.
1: Thank you. So uh, let's see. What are we
0: currently playing right now? We, we're actually we got a few films on screen. Um, we uh, opened this uh, film called Custody last week. Uh, it's a French film, uh, pretty intense drama, thriller. Um, not a lot of people came out. So, by Custody. You have until August 30th to see it. I'm really sad about this one, but it just... It's a slow weekend. I don't know. Maybe too much nice weather, too many vacations going on.
2: I think just because I did the press on Custody, and I truly wish that I had more press, but... Th- Everyone loves custody. It's a movie that's truly sensational and very, like, on the edge of your seat. And it's just one of those great stories that might not reach its audience. But you guys should come and see it if you can. It's great.
0: Well, they might – you might, listener, find it on some other device in the future. And then you'll say, where did I hear about this movie? And then we'll be here in your podcast saying – Go see Custody, because you missed it. Um, we are. Uh, we also opened another film last week, Skate Kitchen, which didn't do huge numbers, but we are holding it for one show a day, so that'll be holding over through uh, September 6th. And then the two films that you've now heard on the podcast a few times, that is The Three Identical Strangers, which last week I declared was the end. I did. It wasn't. It's holding through september 6th you just love the movie so much it's like people week do. eight or nine uh yeah i don't even want to count anymore it's too many uh but people love the movie and it will continue at one show a day and then scotty and the secret history of hollywood continues for another week and we'll have uh, one to two shows a day depending on the day through uh september 6th and so happy to see scotty getting some love and um you know what I'll just say it. Maybe maybe that will that'll be the end of Scotty and Three Identical Strangers, and maybe I'll be wrong once again. No promises. Yeah, I can't promise anything at this point. Who knows? What is opening? Well, um, we have a film that I saw a while back uh that I was very excited about and uh had my own plans for it, but didn't work out. Um it is uh it is called Madeline's Madeline, and it's opening uh this Friday, August thirty first. I have seen it. Stephanie, I think you've seen I it.
2: I just saw it.
0: Just saw it. Okay. So let's talk about it.
2: Okay, so this film, oh. I I love this film. It's but the reason why I love this film is because I I love movies. I love movies that make you think. I mean, Ryan, when I know you saw this film a while ago, but when I was watching the film, so it's essentially about a young woman, her name is Madeline, and she has a bunch of issues, uh, mental illness issues, struggles with her mother, and she expresses, I guess, her demons through art, through the art of acting. And she has this acting coach who so was so brilliantly casted. I forget her name, but she's in House of Cards.
0: Uh, I'm going to look it up here.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, so, you know, that is essentially what the movie's about, but like the scene to scene, and it. it Interaction with the characters is so intense, intense, and this—it's so cringeworthy. Some of the scenes. Um, it's a movie that you need to see, and you absolutely have to talk about it. Um, so.
0: The actress is Molly Parker. Molly and Parker. She was. Astounding!
2: Oh I, my god! I, I don't know
0: how she played that role so well, but she did. You felt for her. You
2: felt for her. You
0: felt against her.
2: Uh, yeah, you, like you,
0: you you really like react to her and everything she's doing on the screen so
2: intensely. Like,
0: but I think what worked for me, if I can just jump in here, yeah. is um, the reason I think I react to Molly Parker and Miranda July is because the way the film is shot, I really feel. Like I'm in Madeline's world, yeah, but not in Madeline's world as Madeline. I'm in Madeline's world, experiencing it, but also able to be myself, experiencing yeah. it from the outside. And so, seeing her go through these things and seeing her relationships with her with her mother and and uh, Evangeline, uh, yeah, Evangeline, uh, I'm like really kind of starting to like think through those things and. The film just – is. it just hit me. I don't know, like, how to describe like, yeah. a film like this that just knocks you on the floor and then you slowly get up. Yeah. Nothing is going to help you that's up. Exactly, you have to get up.
2: That's exactly what it is. And the film, for better or for worse, it's not quite linear. Um, and it's funny. So I – when I watched the film, I thought the sequences where, you know, she's acting – and this isn't giving anything away, but when she's doing her acting exercises and she's acting like a turtle and then it jumps to a flashback of her like being a sea turtle in the ocean, it felt very Charlie Kaufman-esque. It just, I don't know why my mind kept jumping to eternal...
0: Sunshine of the spot Thank you, yeah.
2: So I was just reading a quick review before we started just to like you know, continue my thoughts. And, um, Justin Chang made that reference too. So I felt like really cool that I thought of that as well. But I was also talking to my friend, Lisa Truffone, cause she, we had a press screening for it last week and she was there. And so I needed someone to talk to and she made a really great point. And I don't, I mean, I need to quote her because this was her thought she made the point that this movie, if you've seen Eighth Grade, it's an eighth grade, wonderful film, coming-of-age coming, coming of age story. She felt like this was eighth grade, but, you know, more advanced and more psychedelic. Like, in, in a certain aspect, it was Madeline's coming-of-age. I kind of felt it. I kind of didn't, but I thought it was a really interesting interpretation. I don't know. I I, I don't want to give too much about the movie away, but it was so intense and so emotional and beautiful. And... From, if if I were like a film producer, this would be a movie where I'd be looking out for talent, looking out for writers, looking out for a director. I mean, there's raw fucking talent in this movie. And, and it just delivers. It's so good. Well,
0: let's talk about some of that talent. I mean, we we know Molly Parker's amazing. Mm-hmm. People have seen her on a lot of things. And, of course, Miranda July is amazing, too. And she, prefer, she, she really puts forth a great, dramatic... What
2: else has she been in?
0: Well, she's been in her own films. Um, so... Um, but I I just, I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to get to the actress that plays Madeline. Yeah. Helena Howard. Yeah. She is Madeline. I don't know if I could watch that movie with anybody else playing Madeline. Yeah, I would agree. She is so good. She embodies that character the way uh, she can flip her emotions and turn things um, just in in, in an instant. Mm -hmm. And kind of like make you kind of go through this travel with her, this kind of like emotional and mental travel. It's like Um, emotional
2: whiplash. Kind of, yeah. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, like, I believe, if I'm correct, this is her first film. It
2: is. It, it is her first film.
0: So when you were saying, hey, yeah. talent, people looking to make movies or yeah. people looking to follow careers. Yeah. This actress. Yes. Please give her more work. I want yeah. to see her she's, more on the screen. And she's
2: beautiful. She's like a.
0: I, I didn't even need to say that to yeah. say how good she is. But yes, she is also she striking. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's striking. She's striking. Um, but. She, yeah, she's amazing, and I just, I'm just i just so excited to see her come out. But then the other thing that I think is amazing is is the filmmaker, Josephine yeah. Decker. Yeah. I, I'm not saying this is Josephine's first work. It's definitely not. She's done other films. But, man, people need to give her more. I know. She needs to be able to do more. Give her a bigger budget. What, what other Give films her some more I, meatier substance. I mean, she's good. She's
2: really good. What other films has she done? because I know this I knew it wasn't her first film but I also wasn't so familiar so with So
0: she's th- done some docs lots yeah. of shorts. I think the fir- thing the film that I think put her on the map was Thou Wast Mild and Lovely. Okay. Um back in uh, 2014 and then she uh worked on a couple other things in between that. Um but to me all of that just leads up to this Madeline's Madeline.
2: Oh and, so so good. um so just, intense. I just I think
0: I think I just had to sit with this film yeah. for a little bit. Like I mean, I'm sure you had to work a little bit right after the the screening, but like for me, I think I just sat for like 15 minutes and just was like kind of thinking on it, chewing on it. Definitely needed to have a conversation, which luckily I so saw I, it with somebody. That's
2: exactly what I did. After the film, I called Lisa. I needed to have a conversation about it because I didn't know what to like to do with myself. Like when the movie ended, I was like Okay, I obviously love this movie. It's so good, but it's it's so intense. Yeah. That scene, I don't want. I'm not going to give anything away. There's a scene where Evangeline, her, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but she has a party at her apartment, and we learn she's married. And there's that scene with Madeline and her husband, and the yeah. conversation. As the audience, you are so fucking uncomfortable.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Oh my god, my stomach turned in. I didn't. I. It was so. I had such a reaction to that scene. Um,
0: yeah, I, uh, that scene definitely got me. But the other thing about this film is it's a little experimental in the way it's shot. Yeah. And it's not a detriment to it at all. And I I don't want ever to lead a conversation about this movie as experimental filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, Because the way they tell the story, it's a style so that you can kind of get into Madeline's mind. Yeah. um, And then that style kind of, kind of creates a rhythm so that by the end, the narrative is completely there. Mm-hmm. So Yep. So I for so for anybody who's on the fence about this one, I think what you've got going for you is you've got some amazing performances and and a type of young story uh that you have not really seen told in this way. Yeah. So I think you should see it for that because it's not its not just a story to see it from a child's perspective because you also see it from the mother's perspective and you see it from Evangeline's perspective, whether yeah. you relate to either of these characters, I won't say. I'm not going to spoil that. Um, and I just think, you and- know, going forward, I mean... If if I can predict that Helena Howard is going to be around and making films for a while, I think you should say you should do yourself a service and see this yeah. first film of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all, what I want to say about it in terms of why I really hope people come out for this and that we can run it for a couple of weeks.
2: And you know, for someone I've been watching movies all my life, and and it's I find it rare that I see when I see a movie that not only makes me stop and I'm I'm like emotionally affected by it, but then it makes you think. Um, it's, it's very refreshing to me when I stumble across a title like that. So um, I, I urge everyone to see it for different reasons.
0: Well, that's two thumbs up from uh, Stephanie and I. And yes. I think uh, we maybe have talked Kyle into seeing it. Uh, Barry Jenkins has
1: been talking a bunch uh, on Twitter as well. I've seen a lot of people retweeting his... Is that uh, what you
0: needed? You needed Barry to tell you to see the movie? Probably. Okay. All Aaron. right. Good Aaron. to know, Kyle. We... Uh, We'll make sure uh, we talk to Barry about things you should see. Okay. Uh, Let's move on to the next film. This is a little random here. And, you know, bear with us, guys, um, podcast listeners. Um, So what happened was, uh, you know, our films didn't gross very well. So what we had was this ability to maybe add something to the schedule very, very last minute that we typically wouldn't do because, you know, we have these calendars and we kind of stick to these calendars and it sort of forces our hand in this way to play certain films. Well, something that a film that I have loved since January of this year, when I was shocked and astounded by it, when I just went in cold at Sundance, is a movie called hereditary and it came out in June. And I think people really were struck by this movie. And I, I do think a decent number of people saw it, which made me super happy because uh, of how good it is. So, it's been out of theaters for, I think, over a month in Chicago, and so when we had this opening, I've always kind of had it in my back of my mind, we should bring it back, even if it's for, like, one show a day, or, like, one show a day at midnight, so out of nowhere, yes, we are playing Hereditary, there's nothing special about it, it's only on DCP, i uh, will have one show a day at 9.30, plus midnights um, on Fridays and Saturdays, but... I wanted to give people the opportunity. To, I think I'm talking to you who's seen it and maybe wants to see it again. I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to see it again.
1: But I think maybe there's some other people who haven't seen it. Have, have either, Stephanie, mm-mm. Kyle, either this seen? This is my chance to see it. Oh, wow. I was uh, originally going to watch it in October. My brother and I try and watch a horror movie every day. But oh, you were was... going to wait until October? We were going to wait until October. But now, uh, being able to see it on a big screen, this is, this is the time. So you're waiting. Stephanie, what were you waiting for?
0: Or are you not going to see this movie?
2: Yeah, I will not be seeing this movie. But but tell, tell us more. Um, it's it's more. I, I just it doesn't fit my schedule this weekend. Um, it's
0: it's the whole week.
2: It just doesn't. Yeah, it's not going to work out. But yeah. I'll, maybe I'll eventually see it. I'm just being real. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Appreciate it's, the it. It's realness. no
2: disrespect to the programming um i mean if you can get me a link or a screener then can't you... oh no nope. well, yeah, would... i don't think
0: a24 does that no i don't think so either yeah. uh, well, um well anyway uh listener i think you know what it's about it's a horror film that i urge people to emotional, see it though dramatic uh, family issues uh, that the director in his real life actually had a lot of uh, familial issues and things that he went through that he that's where this story comes from of course it's overly dram- dramatized um but it is astounding. Uh, this is a film that, to me, that when I saw it, I went in completely cold. And I'm not trying to talk about too much other than what I just said. Because I, I went in cold when I saw it. And I was floored. I mean, I sat there, probably jaw dropped, you know, open, mouth agape, thinking to myself, what that? I can't believe what I just saw, how amazing this film was. And then, you know, I was lucky I got to see it at Sundance. So the filmmaker was there, so we started having a conversation with him about it. And, you know, the more I hear Ari about Aster. it. Ari Aster. Yeah. I'm just amazed.
2: Yeah, now maybe I will see this film.
0: And and it's funny because it, I'm get I'm, in, I'm sitting wonderful. in the theater and <laughs> uh, I start texting uh, Will Morris, who's the programmer for Box of Horrors. And I'm like, Will, I've just seen the best horror movie I've seen probably in like 10 or 15 years. And he's like, what is it? What is it? And then I, I text it to him and he goes, Ari, I know Ari. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes... He used to write copy for me, one of my programs. And I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, I didn't know he was a filmmaker. I just know he made short movies and dabbled here and there. And I was like, well, he has jumped on the scene and made one of the best horror movies I've seen in a very long time. Um, So, listener, if you've seen Hereditary, you know why I'm so up on it and maybe why you want to see it a second time. You've never seen Hereditary and you don't mind a little horror shock or, you know, kind of jump scare. Uh, It's not too much about that, but it's there. Uh, I think you should see this movie. Also, I I know I'm not the first, and I won't be the last, but Toni Collette needs to be nominated for an Oscar for this performance because she's, she is the most amazing actress, and she she's is. so good in this.
2: So I have to um, admit, because I'm just an honest gal, so I was just IMDBing the movie just <laughs> to re-familiarize myself. So I actually do want to see this movie, and I echo everything you say about Toni Collette and... Gabriel Byrne is like super hot, super super hot. Like I just find him a very attractive man.
0: Well, he's great. I love uh, yeah. Gabriel Byrne. When I see when he pops up in a movie, yeah, I'm me like, too. Yes, yeah, I yeah. like him. He's
2: great. Um, um, so. Anyway, this this does look quite good, though. I well, will say. I
0: hope both of you see it this week. So that's going to happen. I see you two. We can have a cool conversation about it. That sounds um, good. So I've talked too much about Hereditary. I really think you should see it. Leave it at that. Okay, Kyle. Yes. You're going to talk about a couple of movies. Let's first start with the Midnight movie. Uh, it is a wild, experimental, at times, otherwise kind of notable Japanese anime called Mind Game. Tell us about this movie.
1: Uh, so I was reading about this before I watched it. It came out in 2004 and it had no U.S. release uh, until this year when it played on Adult Swim at like midnight on April's Fu- April Fool's Day or something like that uh but it's That's it's a, maybe why i remembered it <laughs> that could be it um but what what's unique about this movie is the art uh art style is all over the board um it doesn't stick to one specific uh cartoon format to it i guess you get a little bit of like the 90s uh tv show reboot in there some astro boy uh like the old steve madden commercials even yep with the with the big heads um it's absolutely wild film. A little bit of a head trip even uh, kind of reminds me of when we played Belladonna of sadness the other year. Oh, uh, I remember that, but the movie has yeah, got those elements to it. Yeah, the movie is uh, kind of like a redemption and living your life to the fullest. Uh, there's a guy, his name is Nishi. He runs into uh, this girl he used to go to school with uh, and he wanted to profess his love to her, but he's too bashful and they end up going to uh, dinner at her dad's uh, restaurant and, Two uh, hitmen come in looking for the dad, and uh, there's actually a sequence where she uh, is about to be overtaken by one of the men sexually, and then he uh, he speaks up loudly to try. He's he's fed up with being a wimp on everything, uh, and then he gets shot and killed, and he meets God for a lack of better word. Um, and from from there, he decides uh, he. God tells him to go to the red light uh, and you'll disappear and he doesn't want to die. And so he turns around, there's a blue light and he runs back and God is impressed by his fortitude and decides to give him another chance. And so he reappears in his body and time rewinds a little bit and he takes off on the run uh, with, the, with the girl. And eventually on the run, the yakuza start chasing him down and they end up getting uh, swallowed by a whale mm. and meeting a man within this whale who has spent the last 30 years inside, and um, they eventually just kind of come to terms with living there, uh, but also at the same time trying to improve upon themselves and get back to the core of their values. And I found it a very interesting movie, and uh, it's it's perfect for a midnight.
0: Yeah, it's really head-trippy. Um, I thought it'd be fun at midnight. I thought people, if they're a little... If they've seen it before, and then they you know, might be on some substances or whatever. Not that I endorse those things. I'm just saying it happens. And it could help. What sometimes. kind of substances? I'm not going to say. Oh, anything. I just not gonna, We're not going down there. Yeah, nope. yeah. No. I'm just going to leave it back.
1: There's a lot of colors.
0: Yeah. Think of it, think of it that There's way. There's a lot of colors. It explodes in places. It's I it's it. It's really I wild. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like that they did all these different types of... Because, uh, I mean, the story is a little simple on one level, but not on others. Um, so that they add all these things to it. And I thought that'd be great for midnight. So that's why we we booked it. Uh, let's stick with you, Kyle. Uh, so as uh, you listeners know, we have staff pick matinees going on right now. We had American Graffiti last weekend. Uh, but this weekend we have Sunset Boulevard Saturday and Sunday eleven thirty am. actually, We're going to extend it because it's Labor Day, so you get a third screening chance at Monday 11.30 a.m. And the guy, the staff member, who picked Sunset Boulevard is right here with us.
2: It was Nice pick, Kyle.
1: I've been bugging you for like three years to play this movie, I think. Mm. I've gotten a bunch of... Yes, you have. It's annoying. I'm kidding. That's fine. you finally get your opportunity.
2: I've gotten a bunch of press um, questions asking if they can come. It's a a great pick.
1: Have you ever seen it? Why?
2: Why? I have seen it. It was a long time ago in a film class, and I've only seen it once.
1: Why? Sh- why, Kyle? Why did you yeah, book why? It? why did I book it? I mean, Billy, Billy Wilder's just one of the greatest American directors of all time. And in addition to already making a great noir in Double Indemnity, uh, Sunset Boulevard builds upon that and then extrapolates even so. Uh, it's a little atypical, I think, from from other noirs, just the set and the setting uh, kind of confined to, to the one house and um, at the same time dealing with, uh, you know, your past self uh and coming to grips with your time in the limelight being over uh the parallels between um yeah, gloria swanson's character and and as norman desmond uh are are just true uh true to form really and i was uh reading about the the sequence where they're watching she's watching old films of herself uh the uh the movie was called Queen Kelly, uh, and it's actually directed by Eric Von Stroheim, who is Max in the film, and who, at the same time, used to be a director of hers within the film world. Um, so I thought that, got that got parallel real was great. there. It is. It really is. Um, and I was also reading that uh, you know, Gloria Swanson was not the first choice. Uh, that came from uh, George Cooker, huh. uh recommending her. And originally, they were going for Mary Pickford or Mae West. Um, which would have been interesting. and I think uh, Mae West think turned it down film. because she because she didn't like the dialogue and she didn't like the unraveling of her character. And at the same time, I think, I can't remember if there were other studios in play uh, and and Paramount was kind of taking a chance on putting their name out there. Uh, I think MGM and, and Warner Brothers didn't want anything to do with it because in, it casts Hollywood in a... a it removes some of the sheen and the the mystique of, of that uh, oh, era. Oh, it throws shade at Hollywood. Come so on. much. Um, the system. Let's,
2: it's, let's be honest. I love characters that unravel.
1: Turn you out,
0: bring you in, prop you up, turn you out. Like you're. That's it, right? As an actor, right? right? Like, what have you done for me lately? And you know, what can you still sell? How many tickets can you sell? I mean, I just yeah. And then on top of that, it's a noir. This is I mean might be the if you best asked me this is a great choice, and I don't know why I waited so long to book it for you,
1: but uh, yeah,
2: great choice it's
1: uh probably like the best Hollywood movie on Hollywood yeah I think um, so, I, I was, uh, will you be there I will be the there intro? one of the days this weekend. my family's coming into town, but I'll do you know either Saturday or Sunday and then I'll uh intro the Monday show as well, so we'll see if I can stumble my way through that or not
0: so just curious, is this a is this like a favorite noir or is this like a
1: favorite movie of yours? This is probably top five, top five. for me. So, okay. noir and that. Um, although I do like The Third Man a lot as well. <laughs> but, I love
0: The Third Man. Uh, but yes, I do love when Hollywood looks at itself. Um, so, yeah, you, you got you three opportunities to see Sunset Boulevard. Why the hell not? It's so good. Um, and it's on 35, right? That is correct. Yeah. Even better.
2: Can I quickly chime in about something that Mind Game reminded me of? Yeah, sure. Have you? Have either of you ever seen Tusk?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's regrettably. When,
2: okay, so, yeah, I would say regrettably as well. But when you said the man was living in the whale, I don't know why, but my mind jumped to Tusk. That's so random. Well, because it's like he's I a you know. Guy, I know, I know. know, but a
0: walrus and a whale. I don't know
2: why. I don't uh, know why. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Tusk is
0: such a weird film. Did you like it?
2: I, okay number one i did not like it number two did anybody it, like tusk? it gave me nightmares yeah, people
0: liked tusk i had a friend in denver and the only reason i, mean, I saw it is because he concept. forced me to see it right not forced me but he'd be like badgered me to the point where i was like fine i'll just see the movie and i was and watched it just randomly one night it's like i don't like this movie
2: i didn't like it at all and i kind of admire the concept of it i just i did not like the movie but it's crazy I love Justin Long. No, no.
0: It is a wild,
2: it's wild so story. It's so strange I, I, and I'm yes. not creepy. Saying, like,
0: I'm sure on the page that this is a probably, Tusk was probably a great story or screenplay. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I didn't yeah, like it. I, I don't agree. know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not also, saying anything against people who did like it.
1: I just, it wasn't for me.
2: It, it, let me say this. I didn't like the film. And it also, like, it, that's my worst nightmare. To be becoming
1: ki- a, becoming a to walrus. To be
2: kidnapped, drugged, and becoming a walrus like that is oh, actually God. my worst nightmare.
1: What if you were a manatee?
2: It's that's like to be a human turned into another animal.
1: I yeah. Can't. I would can't. there be any animal you would like to be turned into?
2: Well, I could be reincarnated into like a dog, or like a <laughs> cat, or like a bird. Reincarnation is fine, but not like when you're still alive. Anyway, I'm sorry to get sidetracked. Okay.
0: Uh, One more to talk about real quickly, and I wanted to put this one on there. Uh, Chicago Film Society is presenting um, a screening of The Smallest Show on Earth on Monday, September 3rd at 7 p.m. That's Labor Day. Um, And I'm just going to briefly talk about the film itself, but then I want to talk about the event around it because it's pretty cool. Um, The film itself is a young couple discover they have inherited a derelict cinema that locals call it the flea pit. The staff is bickering triad of fantastic character actors Peter Sellers as Mr. Quill, the projectionist Margaret Rutherford as Mrs. Fazzacoli the cashier, and Bernard Miles as old Tom the usher. McKenna and Travers gamely succumb to the joys and pains of running a uh, decrepit single screen, elaborate concession sales schemes, customers who want to pay in pork chops, and the eternal problems of management versus projection. A love letter to movie houses and their occupants that will be felt keenly by anyone who ever watched a multiplex go up around the corner and secretly wish that it would mysteriously burn to the ground. (laughs) Well... Uh, that D- did speaks. Julian write that? Yeah, I feel like Julian wrote that. Um, but that speaks a little bit to the Music Box. And, and it. But what around this that I like is Chicago Film Society is doing a great thing. And they are letting our members in for free, the Music Box members.
2: That's very sweet. And
0: as a thank you to our Music Box members, um, we are doing a member appreciation event. So if you come early, Music Box member, uh, there will be some samplings from Burt City Brewing. Uh, So some some beer samples Um, and maybe some wine samples. We haven't confirmed that yet, as well as some uh, free appetizers. So basically, you're going to get a little bit of food, a little bit to drink and a free movie on top of all the extra things that we do for you year round as a member. It's just a thank you. And what a a lovely little film to choose. Um, So I just wanted to put that one out there as something coming up.
2: Thank you for putting that out there. Thanks.
0: Uh, advanced ticket notice. Uh, this is where we talk about something coming up that's uh, going to be fun and it, that is now on sale or coming on sale. This one is now on sale. That is correct. Okay. I pointed at Kyle there because he puts everything on sale for us. It is a Hocus Pocus screening, but it's not just a Hocus Pocus screening. It's a Hocus Pocus Hexalong screening. So we are going to watch Hocus Pocus and Richard Knight's uh, – no, I'm sorry. Dick O'Day is going to be uh, our host, and he is going to uh, take us through a hexalong, which is basically an audience uh, interaction, right? So that you can play along with the movie in a really fun way. Uh, there'll be some... There'll be dress-up uh, encouraged. Uh, there'll be some fun prizes that uh, Dick Roday will be giving out, and also some really fun things that you'll be doing along with, with the film. Like, you know, whenever time you see uh, Sarah Sanderson on a screen, you sing come little children, or uh, you shout out, me too, when Wendy Sanderson says, another glorious morning makes me sick. Uh, Really fun things like that. You'll be making some kissing sounds and some hissing sounds. Uh, You'll be eating some candy at different times. All these things we'll be providing for you. And it's going to be October 7th. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, The movie's a lot of fun. It's celebrating the 25th anniversary this year. Last year we did it on a whim because – Uh, dick o'day said hey i got a great idea and so we did it on a monday night and it sold out it was wow it It was was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so we had to bring it back so it's a little early this year sunday october 7th sunday's an easier day
1: uh have either of you seen hocus pocus the film itself This, as my childhood, was probably my favorite Halloween movie. Um, 10,000 times. Too many times. Yeah. And?
2: And You loved
1: it? You still love it? What? Still love it.
2: Love it forever. And I actually, when I um, lived in New York and I I worked on publicity for this movie, I forget what it's called, and Vanessa Shaw is in it. And I got to meet Vanessa Shaw and I was super pumped and she was so nice. And she's in Hocus Pocus. So Uh, it was pretty lit. Doug,
1: Doug Jones is in there too. Really? Um, he is the uh, reanimated corpse at the end. <laughs> of course he's and in one oh, of those Oh,
2: I love that.
1: And then he later became the governor of Alabama, or Congressman for Alabama.
2: It's such a great movie.
1: Wow. No, I'm joking. They have the that, same name, though. It's
0: a different Doug Jones. Oh, yes. I know what Doug Jones you were talking about, and then you went weird. This okay. You went uh, rogue. Uh so, yeah, I mean, I think Hocus Pocus is a fun film. We're making it even more fun. I think you guys it's should fantastic. come out for it, all you listeners out there. And it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, just come have some fun with us. It's what the Music Box is known for. Um, so, yeah, ticket noticed, You've noticed, you've been, you've been told. Uh, let's talk about this old theater. So we were kind of going back and forth for what we should talk about. And then in the end, I think we just came up with we wanted to tell some stories Right. Some things that have either happened to us specifically or about the music box or some guests of the music box and, you know, kind of see where that conversation goes. So I think we're just going to go around and tell little stories, things that we can kind of relate to or, you know, listeners, you might think is interesting. Um, And so I suppose uh, I should I go first.
2: You start. Go
0: for it. All right. I guess I will go first. So here's one story for you. And I can tell you others, um, but it's a uh, it's Christmas uh, week. Um, it's actually Christmas Day, uh, I believe, and I think it was Christmas Day. No, it's Christmas night. Sorry, it's Christmas night, and 2015. So we had went out of our way to uh, go and book Hateful Eight, uh, basically the roadshow version on 70 millimeters. So we had opened it. We were one of like four screens in the city and we put up this big screen and we'd done all the sound systems so and we'd marketed it and we were so excited we were ready for people to embrace 70 millimeter again even though we'd been embracing it for a while and so uh hateful eight opens on christmas day and it's insane i mean these these shows are selling out in advance there's lines around the block uh we tried to prepare for this but i don't think we were fully prepared for how nuts it was um and out of the blue um, you know, I'm working that day, Christmas Day. I had to go in and and work a bunch of shifts that week because I was saying we were like not only the office hours but the on shift duties. And we get the, we get an email and a phone call, and then I think I got an email too uh, from this guy Patton Oswald, and he says, "Hi, uh, I'm Patton Oswald," and he doesn't really say like that means something. He just says, "You might know me, but you know I'm I'm Patton," you know, in a very like kind of nonchalant way, and he's just like. So I see that your 7 o'clock, or I think it was the 9.30 that night, or maybe it was the 10.30, it was the later show. I see that it says it's sold out. But I was wondering, sometimes you release tickets at the door, and, you know, I'm, I'm from Chicago, or I'm not from Chicago. I go to Chicago a lot. I'm here tonight. I just really want to see Hateful Eight on the opening day. I think it's going to be really an amazing movie. Uh, is there any way you could just put two tickets aside? No, a ticket, us ticket, one ticket aside, and I will buy it when I get there. So I didn't see this. Thing until maybe forty-five minutes to showtime. I don't know, um, but I had heard it in like in between a break, and then I went. I was working the, the door, uh, trying to get people seated after we had, um, after we had exited the house and cleaned it. And literally, we this is a sold-out show, so we have ticket. We have a, a, a line all the way down the block, wrapped around the other block. I mean, it's that long. It's like six hundred people in line, um, and in the middle of people walking up in line. There's Patton Oswald. And I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe 100 people into this line. And he says he doesn't have a ticket. And I say, oh, you have to go to the box office, not thinking about who he was. Hmm. Right. I just like point him over there and he walks over to the box office and he talks to one of my managers and he goes and they're like, they're going back and forth. And he's like, I could tell something's happening. And then I dawns on me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Patton Oswald. And I run over there and I say, oh, just give him a ticket. And um, he goes, no, 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 no. Don't give me a ticket. She says you don't have a ticket to give. And I was like, oh, well, for you, we'll give you a ticket. And he goes, no, no, I want to pay for this ticket. Uh, And I'm like, "Uh, okay. Um, So we had to do some manipulations in the system to move one ticket over so that we could, you know, oversell the house by one ticket. And we did all of that. And he bought the ticket. And then I, like, was going to walk him over to the front of the line as this line of people, like 600 people, are walking in. And he refuses to cut in line from anybody. He says, no. He goes, I will go outside in the cold. I will get to the back of the line. And I will get my own seat wherever it ends up being. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do for this guy. But okay. So he went outside. And I and I stand in the line. And I'm we're checking tickets as people are walking in. And he is at the end of the line, right? And he comes in. And he is as happy as can be. <laughs> smiles on his face that he got his ticket. And he wanted to see hatefully on opening day. And that was just my random encounter with, Patton Oswalt.
1: Did he like the movie? Did you talk to him after?
0: Uh, I saw him come out after. He did have a smile on his face. But, you know, when 600 people streaming out in that small corridor of our lobby, it is hard. to. There's no time to talk to anybody. You You don't really want to pull anybody aside. Uh, But it was just very random. He's a cool guy. I mean, he seemed real nice. Uh, So... Yeah, so that's my story. You guys got any stories? Stephanie?
2: So, I was just going through my emails to see if I could remember this guy's name. So... When I first started working here, which was what like three years ago, a little bit more, yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. more, um I was doing not only publicity but special events at the time, and I was trying to like you know impress everyone and go above and beyond so it, it was I don't know, maybe a month or two before Magic Mike Two was coming out. I'm a big, big fan of Magic Mike for many reasons um,
0: Magic Mike two is also great,
2: yeah, it's great, so. I had this idea to do a midnight showing of Magic Mike to hype up the opening of the second one. I, in my mind, was like, this is so great. Funny, we just talked about the hocus pocus. So I called Richard Knight Jr., who Dick O'Day is his alter ego. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's a great guy that I can hire and host, you know, a boys' screening of Magic Mike, too? And he refers me to this guy, Scott. And I, for the life of me, cannot remember Scott's last name. He's a great guy. So, you know, we get Scott to to host. He's got a big following. You know, we have Windy City Times plugging it. We have all this cross promotion does, with does
1: Scott have that radio show?
2: Yeah, what's his last name?
1: I don't remember his name. But okay, I just he has the this radio, radio show. show.
2: He's awesome. We so, had Halsted Vodka too? Yeah, we had Halstead Vodka. We it was it was a lot of work that was put into it. Um and, you know, this was when I was Three and a half years younger, and I was going out a little more.
0: And so, you were just into the job; you were like four or five yeah. into the job. So Still it
2: was a Saturday night, and you know, I, I went out on the Friday night. I was super tired, and but just like sucked it up, and you know, went into work at a nine nine p.m. on a Saturday. Eleven p.m. rolls around; the lounge is decorated. Scott's here. Literally six people show up to the screening, and I wanted to shoot myself in the foot. Um, so I I
0: metaphorically did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There was definitely some like, you know, pity shots taken shots of (laughs) not, not shots, but like alcohol shots. But you know what, this was, I have to give it to me. I, I was raised on this motto, like fake it till you make it. So I was screaming inside of my body, but I just kept a smile on my face and I literally set up chairs in a circle. I had everyone have a little conversation about it. And Scott was such a good sport about it. I mean, I could not have been more fucking embarrassed but it turned out to just be kind of great because it was such an epic fail um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say i made lemonade out of lemon but i did make the best of a really shit situation um but everyone had a, all six people had a really good time but it, yeah, it, it was that's a pretty it, bad
0: screening. It, I'm it did sorry. twelve six over people? the weekend it, it, entirely. Oh, and
2: it was it was that's six it? people. That's in, like
0: one of the worst midnights we've ever done. Well, no, I have I ca- I, I have was, was gonna bring it up. It was six, you the worst midnight. Six
2: people each night in our seven hundred and fifty seat theater. So I hope epic all fail. twelve
1: of those people loved it. It was the benchmark for it was, it sadness for a long time until I booked a different midnight that did what? Oh, which people? one was that? The first night, nobody came. Oh, and I I had to I called you because I was like there's this other show's going to sell out I and was you're so like the people that the people that, that are going to are gonna come are going to love seeing it on the big screen and nobody came Which so we are really able to flip it the it was Lucy
2: yes oh my god it was lucy and that happened to you and i remember i was like oh he's got he yeah, got so magic mic he got know, magic mic <laughs>
0: yeah, i did sometimes you book a film yeah. that you think people are gonna enjoy and it was the it was lucy had come out that summer so i thought you know like hereditary it
2: was a
1: couple
0: uh years prior lucy was like 2014 it was a couple i just thought oh you know people might enjoy this might become a midnight movie thing and nope I mean, people he's got a good he's got a
1: good them. body of work. I think uh, Lucy just didn't, didn't matter, didn't do people it for people. Yeah. It was yeah. Lucy I liked is it, entertaining.
0: Bury. That's why I booked it as at midnight. And it's got that kind of surreal aspect to it at times. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you held the record for the lowest attended midnight of twelve, mm. and then I came around and booked Lucy. And what was it? Was it six? Was it eight? How many
1: total? Zero for the first night, and then probably six for the the second night. Wow. Yeah. Technically, I think the Thank one I can think of this up, Kyle. The one that that's worse. There was an Eli Roth canadian movie we played as a midnight one time around the time i started uh that did like one what was i i
2: think i had just started too or maybe you
1: must have it it would have been like right when you started it was the winter of uh 2015 i can't even remember the name of it but like nobody came
2: you know i wonder though if like magic mike and lucy were even matinees because lucy's not a i love lucy i i rented it on tv way back when but i i was so enamored with it One thing really not to like. I mean framing. No, no, no. no, It's it's not speaking
0: about Magic Mike being a bad movie. It's just sometimes you program things incorrectly. Yeah. Right? Where you like you program at the wrong time. Yeah. Or you program at the wrong time of either wrong time of day, wrong time of week, wrong time of year, or people love the movie but they just don't want to come back and see it on the screen yet. But yeah, we played Magic all.
1: Mike XXL. And then, and that did way better. And that did
0: considerably better. I think that did like For a midnight? 75 minutes. For a midnight, and, yeah. yeah. I, so basically, we got I, like I 200 over the two nights. Yours, oh, yeah. And I had always remembered how like, it should be fun to do it again. And so I booked XXL because uh, there was a print of it. Yeah. And, and oh, Julian yeah. told me about that. I was like, oh, this will be fun. We'll see what comes out. And I think we had like 70 people a night.
2: Oh, lucky. Right?
0: At least. Uh, maybe one. We even
2: Scott that.
0: Um, so it, so it. Programming is a weird business.
2: Yeah, Everybody and I'm is. not a programmer, but in my mind, I was like, "Oh, this makes such great sense," but it did not.
1: Kai, what about you? You got a story? A uh, fun, bad, embarrassing? Sure. In I, uh, I one time inadvertently offended a woman over the phone. Uh, I think it was two years ago. We had our matinee series that was like pre code Hollywood. So one of the films we were playing, one of my favorites from that series was, was Freaks. And so a, uh, a woman calls, and it's probably you know, Thursday, two or three days before the film gets going. And uh, she calls and says, hey, uh, I would like to buy two tickets for the matinee. I have uh, someone in a wheelchair if we can get an uh, accessible seat for that. And I was like, oh, so you're coming for the Freaks show. And she goes, excuse me? I am not a freak. And I was like, what, what are you talking about coming to see? And uh, she was looking for the Music Box Theater in New York, mm. uh, the Broadway Stage Theater, and you know, we're the movie theater in Chicago, and I tell her this, and she, she thought I was trying to be offensive by calling her out for having a wheelchair or something. Uh, like,
0: like, it, like, we would ever do that
1: on I purpose. mean, it was like the perfect storm of all of these yeah. things coming together, because she said matinee, and it happened to work out, and like, it was in the smaller theater that weekend, so I figured, you know, they're trying to get the seat early. And uh, just a whole a whole mishap, uh, and then she goes, "Sorry for wasting your time," and then hung up.
2: If I had oh, a- but
1: she did did understand you weren't you weren't uh, after I explained the, oh, to her explained the situation. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, if I had a dollar for every person, big or small, that e- has emailed me thinking we're the Music Box Theater that has been playing Dear Evan Hansen, for I mean, years. I, but I've had some like assistants who work for some pretty heavy hitters email me, and I'm like, Ugh, I want to help them, but you know, I've been saving their emails. I
0: have had so many calls and emails just randomly asking questions about it but i also have gotten the customer complaints and oh my
2: like well, it like, have not kept fair. some of them
0: about like some of the was it like, the
2: understudy is it do they complain about the understudy oh, yeah
0: that like, one happened one time oh yeah that. no no multiple times
2: I've i saw it with an understudy emails
0: about the understudy like about like people who had flown across america yeah. and their they're, they're, they have an autistic uh, child and it meant the world to them. And then they were like – the rug was pulled from under. And I mean they, these are like sob stories. Like these are like – I mean I have seen customer complaint emails from the movie theater. But I have never seen some customer complaint emails mm-hmm. that have been written and lobbed at the New York music box. I mean these are like like three, four paragraph long like complaints. And I always have to respond saying – Hey, really sorry that happened to you, but we are a movie theater with the same name based in Chicago. Yeah. And then it almost always I get no response or like a curt, like, whoops.
1: Oh. Yeah.
2: Well, so I managed to find the email of the house seats for Dear Evan Hansen, and I emailed them and was like, "Hey, want to hear something funny? I work for Music Box in Chicago, and I filled a lot of your emails. So they're they're like, we'd be happy to give you house seats, and like I got these amazing seats for super cheap." And, of course, Ben Platt was not in it that day. So I also <laughs> Did al- you write a complaint again? <laughs> did you no, send I it did to the not. But I also got the understudy. And I bragged to everyone. I'm like, guys, I did the coolest thing. I, like, used my Music Box. Just the coincidence of me working at Music Box and got these seats. And, yeah, Ben Platt was not in it. But it's okay. I still liked it.
1: We had a staff member go and visit them when they were in New York and ask if they ever get phone calls or emails from us. And they said no because they don't put any other contact info online. And they shield themselves through like a third-party site.
2: Well, they're owned by the Schubert Corporation, which is why it's not... That's why we
1: get all of it. That's why we get all the calls. What what flabbergasts me the most is when people call, you have to sit and listen and it goes, thank you for calling the Music Box Theater, Chicago's year-round cinema. And how the hell do you ignore the part where it says Chicago? Because you have to wait for the prompt. Because they're like,
2: their mind is... But they're, they're so illegal, in going, like, our contact like that, page.
0: It will say Chicago on there. It will say Chicago on our front page if you look at it. Yeah. But yes, we're Chicago all over the thing. Um, 312 area code. I'm not, I'm not code. At those people yeah. for getting confused. Um, no. It's just... The, the, like, honestly, like, some of it's bi-weekly, the links that people have lodged at that theater in New York... I just, it's kind of fun to read sometimes. Um, Though I feel bad personally for those people. Um, okay, well, those are some stories. I think we have more to tell. Um, sometime we'll have to tell you more of them. We've got good. Uh, I have a good Jeff Garland story. I think you have a good uh, Weird Al story. Um, I got a story. I got slapped once. We'll have to tell you other stories. I have a Christian Wig story. Okay, but well, that'll be
2: for the next one.
0: Next time we'll have to come back together and tell our story <laughs> Well, let's just review everything that we just talked about, or not that we just talked about, but movies-wise that you need to know about. Uh, The film to see this week would be Madeline's Madeline, opening August August 31st, but also a second chance to see Hereditary, uh, also opening for the week, August 31st. Midnight this weekend uh, is an amazing anime, experimental and weird and crazy and all sorts of right ripe for midnight showing is mind game staff pick matinee that not only has one or two but three screenings september one two and three at eleven thirty a.m is sunset boulevard chosen by our own kyle schubert um and then you have that great uh member event if you're a member if you're not a member you can still see the smallest show on our monday september 3rd at 7 p.m um as always we want you to rate our podcast you can email us your comments or questions kyle stephanie Great to have the two of you on.
2: Thanks for having me, Ryan. Ryan, your hosting is very organic. You've just, you're doing a nice job. Thank you. I've just, you know, I've done this a few times with you from the very beginning to now. And I, I think you're really, you have this down.
0: All right. Cool. Well, listeners, I hope you feel You're the welcome, same way. Yeah. Uh, feel free to tell us uh, on all, any of those media channels. And uh, tune in next week when we talk about, uh, I think we're going to bring up The Apparition, which yes. is a film I'm very excited about. So
2: Me too. I just sent my press release out for it today.
0: Let's hope so. Uh, we bye. See Goodbye. you next week.